This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. I am your host, Matty Ice, and it's another glorious Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, I know that I did. The weather could have been a little bit better, but uh, you know, overall, it's nice to be uh, relaxing. It's nice to be with friends, family, uh, even if it's still not quite back to some normalcy. I think we're getting closer and closer to that. However, I hope that you were safe. I hope that you were happy, and I appreciate the fact that you are back with us today. Um, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I want to also mention that uh, Soulfully Casual now has a corporate affiliate. Uh, for the first time ever, we have some semblance of uh, corporate backing, and we are now an affiliate with Jelly Belly. So for those of you who uh, love jelly beans or love candy, have a sweet tooth, uh, you can now go to MattyIceMedia.com and click all the links and banners you want in order to get deals and sales from Jelly Belly. Uh, April 25th, or which is uh, it was yesterday, was National Jelly Bean Day. And um, so they always have sales going on, so make sure to go visit that. However, starting off the week, uh, first of all, I want to thank Miss Joyce for coming on on Friday. Uh, she was a great guest. It was awesome to have a guest in general, and I look forward to doing more of that. Uh, Wednesday's episode will be somebody who I've met through sneaker culture, and we kind of talk about sneakers, we talk about parenting, and we just talk about life and kind of get to know each other through the podcast. So look forward to that on Wednesday. But today I wanted to talk about, I don't want to call it the elephant in the room necessarily, because I think overall uh, it was a good happenstance. But last week was the the verdict for Officer Derek Chauvin. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, uh, somebody let me know. But that was the officer who was directly responsible in the death of George Floyd last year, almost a year ago, actually. Um, as you may not, as you may know by now, um, he was convicted of second degree and third degree murder by a juror of his peers and i think the initial thought about that is a little bit of a sense of relief because we have been seeing a lot of police violence toward uh people of color and specifically black people recently and we have been seeing what has felt like not a lot of accountability uh i just want to talk about a few things before i get into my thoughts on the verdict first of all um policing is a very very difficult job I've talked about this with Cleveland and other folks. Uh, no matter where it is that you live, no matter where it is that you are a police officer, uh, there are intricacies to the job that make policing difficult, especially in a lot of these urban areas, which is where George Floyd's death took place. Uh, there is also a lot of history between black people and the police that has gone back generations that has not been good. There is a lot of a terrible treatment there is a lot of history and honestly a lot of angst that has built up and built up and built up over time to where the violence is no longer tolerated or accepted nor should it be however um you know we are also in a time where uh you know social media is active it's alive and well and many of these interactions end up on social media going viral and we are getting a glimpse into either this type of violence or just police stops in general police interactions or interactions in general where we didn't really get that before there's pros and cons to that it's a pro because we want to be able to see the times in which people no matter what they look like are being treated uh, less than human by their uh, local police officers 
we're also getting to see ways in which folks are, you know, feeling less than compliant or acting less than compliant. And we are also getting to see how difficult it can be for every given situation for a police officer. I think of the situation that recently happened, I believe it was in Ohio, where the police were called to a domestic dispute. The police officer came to the scene, um, you know, calmly got out of his car and asked, you know, what was going on. And then all of a sudden, two women come out rolling, tumbling, fighting. One of them has a knife and pins one of the women against the car with intent to stab. And the police officer makes a very uh, quick decision, fires four shots. And unfortunately, uh, the lady who was wielding the knife is, is, is dead now. It's a tough situation overall. It's tough to get it from just that five seconds or seven seconds. Um, we don't know how things escalated to that point and so forth. And my point of all of this is just to say that being a police officer um, is difficult. And in certain areas, the pay is not uh, on par with the danger. It is not on par with the difficulty, nor is the training. Every situation is different. Every area is different. And if you are a B cop in New York City, it is far different than being a police officer in Fairfax County, Virginia, let's say. Um, however, that doesn't change the circumstances around this particular verdict. So last year, uh, Officer Chauvin uh, had his knee on George Floyd's neck for, I believe it was uh, almost nine minutes. Uh, he said verbally he was unable to breathe. And the officers around Mr. Chauvin didn't do anything to stop what was going on. They did not intervene. They did not say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. And obviously the officer in question now um, didn't see fit to, to do anything different. And so that led to George Floyd dying. And that's not what we want. I remember talking with Cleveland about this overall. And one of the things we both noted was that no matter what that person looked like, George Floyd happened to be black in this case. But if he was a white person, we would not have wanted to see the police treat him like that. No matter what has happened up until then. Um, you know, we ju you just don't want to see that happen. And you also, um, you know, want to see people be able to go in front of a jury of their peers the way that Officer Chauvin has, because that's the way it should work. Um, obviously, there are cases in which, um, you know, lethal force is necessary if the uh, perpetrator is coming at an officer in a way that is, uh, you know, easily going to end, you know, somebody's life or the officer's life and so forth. But again, these are not easy distinguish easy to distinguish in any way it's happening in the heat of the moment and sometimes you know even the most calm person makes a, a wrong decision but we want to get away from those wrong decisions we want the training to be commensurate of the job we want the people to be vetted and so forth there's a lot of things much like i talked about with the gun debate mental health issues are also part of it we need to make sure we're putting the right people in these positions and in this particular case it sounds like we did not and it cost george floyd his life um, one of the things I've also talked about when it comes to these interactions, uh, specifically like with Breonna Taylor's in instance, is that we did not get a lot of transparency into how these decisions were made. We don't get a lot of decision into how the grand jury makes a decision and they come out and say there's no charges filed. When from just hearing the bits of evidence that we've heard, the facts of the case, it seems to me that there was something gone wrong. It seemed to me that somebody should not have lost their life, or at least the person that lost their life should not have been the one to lose their life. So we didn't get any transparency. This case, this trial, it was televised. The whole thing was televised, um, at least the parts that could legally be televised. And we were able to get a glimpse into so much more than we usually do. We got to hear more than we usually do. The general public I'm talking about. Uh, it very much reminded me of the OJ Simpson trial. Um, if I'm old enough to remember that, I was at least uh, 12 years old when it happened, the verdict anyway. 
And it was something that we watched in, in school. We kept up with about the news because it was such a big deal. Um, OJ Simpson was a celebrity of the highest order back then. Everybody knew who he was. Uh, and the facts of the case were gruesome. They were disturbing, and that's just putting it lightly. But we got to see a lot of that unfold in front of us. And similarly, there were racial aspects to that trial that were also it, it came out to light. Mark Furman's tapes, uh, you know, the relationship OJ Simpson had with his friends prior to the trial and, you know, during the trial and so forth. Um, the Rodney King beating, which had happened years prior. Um, that's a, that came into play because it was, again, a cumulative effect. I talked about how there are uh, racial relations between police officers and black people in certain areas. And, um, you know, it's it's been a cascading effect. It is something that is cumulative. People have a hard time forgetting and forgiving. And I under to totally understand that. So we got to see much more of this case than we usually do. We got to see much more of the deliberations here, much more of the words that were being said on both sides. And ultimately, the jury of Officer Chauvin's peers found him guilty um, on all counts, which I want to say this, it is a big deal. Um, it is a big deal because we see the facts of the trial, we see the evidence, and the judicial system seemed to work the way that it should have. What it says to me is accountability. Accountability the way that we all are supposedly held accountable for our actions. If I were to do something very similar and not in the capacity that, you know, a police officer is in, I would be held to the same standard. I would be sent to the same judicial system and possibly getting the same outcome. There are loopholes within the judicial system. Anybody who is a defense lawyer or knows a defense lawyer knows that that is possible. Uh, the whole point is to try and find loopholes and basically make sure that the defense, um, you know, the, the person on trial is getting the fairest trial that things are happening on the up and up and sometimes things are happening on the up and up but lawyers go out of their way to sort of make sure that they're dismissed or make make it seem as if it's not on the up and up so it's not to say that the judicial system is perfect in this country but it's what we have and it seemed to work in this particular case um, i noticed that there was a lot of mixed emotions and i don't mean like people that agreed with it people that didn't agree with it there certainly was that and i think one thing that you could say is that perhaps on the surface, it seems as if this would never be a fair trial because the public outcry for this verdict was so strong that it seemed almost inevitable that it would happen. However, it was the right outcome. And much like Martha Stewart getting um, sent to jail for insider trading, um, her punishment didn't seem to fit the crime. In this case, I think the punishment does fit the crime, but I think you can make an argument that perhaps um, the trial wasn't fair. However, uh, there were a lot of people who felt relieved, and I think that that is somewhat justified, right? Like if you're looking at this and you either know somebody who has been on the end that George Floyd was in with the police interaction, or you know somebody who um, you know has been wronged, maybe not to death, but in some way, and this feels relieving to you. It feels as if the tides are somewhat shifting a little bit in this one instance that they're shifting, and I think that that's fair. I think that you could make that that jump. But then, then there's a lot of people who are kind of like me, who look at this in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, I see this as progress, and I think that it's fair to say that. Um, we certainly need transparency into how these uh, decisions are made, especially about bringing charges and so forth. Uh, the transparency that we saw about the way that this case was tried, the defense, the prosecution, and so forth, I think it was very, very good for us to hear those things, see those things, witness those things. Should we see them every single time? 
Not necessarily. But in this case, the gravity of the situation, I think it was warranted. Um, I also am a little bit, you know, hesitant too, because this is one instance. There are multiple incidences across the entirety of the year and just multiple inc instances sometimes in the same week. And is that same accountability going to be applied across the board, you know, or is every single case where the police have to use their weapon going to be seen as deadly force that is unwarranted? You know, are we going to be outraged every time a black person is killed by police, uh, whether that you know, in, in whether that encounter seems justified or not. Like, are we going to take the time to say and look at the facts that each case is different? I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that each incident is different. That yes, there are bad cops across the board, and I think there are good cops across the board. And I think that there is certainly reform that can be had and better training for police officers. But is every single police officer bad? No, I don't believe that. And if you do believe that, you certainly are entitled to your opinion, and I'm not going to try to make you think any differently because I think that's what makes this um, country so great is that we can all have our different ideas, our different opinions, and we should be respectfully agreeing or disagreeing with them. Um, but to me, it doesn't feel like relief because this is a perfect situation where there is no winner. Um, it didn't have to be this way. And honestly, that's when I look at, I look at sadness across the board. I look at it because I feel like Nobody was done justice in any way. Uh, certainly, you know, the families in some aspects feel as if justice was done, but ultimately they lost a family member. So the lack of, uh, you know, training, the lack of policing, if you, for lack of a better word, within the police station uh, led to George Floyd's death. That can't be taken back no matter what verdict you have. No matter how much time uh, Mr. Chauvin spends in jail, we can't get George Floyd back. And you know, we can't get those those people back and that's something that sticks with me throughout this is that there's a finite amount like there's a finiteness to this interaction that can't be gotten back no matter what the verdict is it's a building block it's a stepping stone and that's what i think is important to take from this is that we need to take this and we need to build on it we need to figure out a path forward we need to make sure that we are applying this accountability across the board and and i think that's that's the most important the other thing I think is lost in this is that there's a lot of folks who feel as if, um, you know, black people can't sort of celebrate this. Well, they can. I think they're they're allowed to. You can feel as if maybe that celebration is misguided in a way because you might feel like a police officer did the best that they could. Or you might feel like, well, they riot now. You know, why are they so why are they so happy about this? They got what they wanted or why are they so upset? This is a deeply emotional, emotional time. It's a deeply emotional situation because it's not just George Floyd's family or friends that are affected by this. It's every black person who's ever had this encounter, every black person who steps outside because you don't know what kind of interactions they have, what kind of interactions could lead to a police altercation or be completely misunderstood. And we're seeing that happen a lot. We're seeing different instances of people being treated that are exactly the same, but their treatment is different. And Mike and I, when we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think it was one or two episodes in, and there was that interaction between Bucky and Sam where they were arguing in the street. And it looked like it was in, you know, a fairly rough neighborhood. And the police showed up and immediately assumed that Sam, the black man, was bothering Bucky, the white man. And we hear about that all too often. 
that scene was powerful powerful enough to give you some insight in a very very simple and artistic way about what people go through daily when the stakes are not nearly as high as they have been in in, in these instances and this verdict should enlighten that for you it should tell you that yes we as a country just recognize that there is a problem and there could be a systemic problem and you know what it takes it takes all of us to to get to that place it takes the accountability of your neighbor of yourself and that's in understanding the problem making sure to help the problem teaching your children about this problem and also teaching them as to why this verdict is monumental why it is great but also there's a lot of work to be done and I think that's what I'm focused on now is that this is the first step. There's many, many steps that need to go on past this. There's also many, many people that have lost their lives that didn't get this chance, that will never get this chance because the legal system let them down in some way in which we did not get to see in, inside how it happened. We did not get to see why decisions were made. We did not get to see the evidence. And in this particular case, we got to see that. And I think that's really, really important. I also hope that going forward, that we let the actual judici judicial system take over and not let the court of a public opinion make these decisions for us. All too often today, if somebody is accused of something, and it doesn't have to be this crazy on police violence, but if anybody's accused of anything, the court of public opinion is the first court to rule, and that ruling seems to sit. Nobody's able to be forgiven. Nobody is able to get out of that, um, you know, that that accusation. And forever until the end of time, it seems it seems that the court of public opinion is going to uh, lay down every verdict and that they're finite. No matter what happens in the actual court, no matter whether this person goes to jail, whether they're acquitted and so forth. Um, and I want to see that go away. I think it's good for the public to have opinions. I think it's good for the public to voice their opinion, because that's another thing that makes this country great is being able to have an opinion, being free enough to be able to voice it. But I also want, um, you know, I want people to be able to, um, you know, understand that their opinions don't always have to be right. They're sometimes misguided, and we just have a lot of work to do in general, right? Let the system, let let it play out the way that it plays out. I mean, look at the Aaron Donald case where he was accused of assaulting a man in a bar, and here we are a week later, a week and a half later, and it turns out that that man mistook Aaron Donald for somebody else attacked him needlessly and he's lucky he is uh okay he's and aaron donald is lucky that he's okay so we don't always know all the facts right away we don't always know what has led up to something if you see a clip on social media don't always assume that that is the undisputed truth it's not necessarily the undisputed truth it's a part of the truth and i'm going to leave you with a quote that um somebody left me about a week ago and they said there's always three sides to a story there's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. And I think that is more than applicable in these cases. If you see a social media video, don't assume that that's the only side. Don't assume that there's not other context that needs to go with it. That's the whole point of the system is to allow for that context, allow for that evidence. And I think we do need that. However, ultimately, this was the right verdict. This was the accountability that we needed. And I think we should not necessarily celebrate this, but I think we need to take this and see the positive in it. Use it as that stepping stone that I talked about. And I've talked about in other episodes to celebrate the small things. This isn't a small thing, 
but it's a small thing in comparison to the systemic issue. It's a small thing in comparison to the larger issue here. And I hope that across the board, this country, the fraternal order of police, all of that stuff, we take that and we elevate it. We make it more prominent. We make it our goal to make sure that this accountability, better policing for the benefit of the people, right? The benefit of the people, it, the safety of the people is, is at the forefront. I think that's what we need. And I think there are many ways to get there, not just one. And I know, I know that we are going to get there. It's just going to take little steps at a time. And what I also hope for is that no lives need to be taken for this progress. I know that that's not going to happen because I know that these things are still going to happen. Um, but I want them to happen less frequently and I want them to have less consequences. More people not killed, more people alive in front of juries and less people dead because we can't ever get that back. And that's the most finite thing of all. So while I hope that George Floyd's family feels a little bit better about this, I hope his friends feel a little bit better about this, um, but I know that there is an emptiness that they feel because they can't ever get that son, that friend, that brother back. And unfortunately, uh, we can't. And I feel sad because it feels like there's not a lot of winners here, but hopefully in the end, we as a country are going to get better and improve. So I really appreciate you tuning in uh, this week. Um, you know, it's amazing. We're in the 50s now. I've managed to hit a milestone and I'm already looking to the next milestone. Uh, I have a lot of great things planned. Not, not only are we, you know, corporately sponsored by Jelly Belly now, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of avenues in which I can take this show. I want to have more people on, more interviews. Next episode is going to be another interview. Uh, we're going to have Mike back on Friday to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier again. And then Mike and I might be doing something for the NFL draft. So there's a lot of fun things that could happen. Um, I want to give a shout out to any new listeners. I've seen listeners in Mexico now, um, you know, in other places in the world. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Um, and I can't thank you enough. It's been wonderful. So I uh, want to remind you, visit MattyIceMedia.com for this show, all the other podcasts we sponsor, YouTube channels, and also how to find our corporate affiliates and shop through them. The more you click those links and buy from them, the bigger this show gets, the more revenue we get. And honestly, I can't wait for the show to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, also, please remember to subscribe, rate, uh, share with your friends. It means a lot. Hit us up on Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. Definitely send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I hope this finds you well. I hope you are safe. We are almost out of the pandemic here as the country is now lifted from its restrictions of who can get the vaccine. Get out there and get the vaccine. Encourage your friends to get the vaccine. And that way we can all get back to some semblance of post-COVID normalcy. And hopefully I can meet some of you in person. So take care, everybody. And I will see you down the road.